portion of God's Word that we'll focus our attention on for a little while this morning comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 7. This is the Apostle John speaking. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our risen Redeemer. Amen. So let's start where our reading started for today. Isaiah chapter 43. I asked you to listen for what the Lord has done. He's created you. He formed you. He redeemed you. He has summoned you. Think about that. Should seem obvious, but but God himself is saying, I want you to know, I've created you, I've formed you, I've, I've redeemed you, I've summoned you, you are mine. It's comforting, right? Good to hear, good to be reminded of. But then he goes on to talk about how difficult this life can be. And he makes you these two promises, one in the future and and one in the present, right? He says, I am the Lord, I will be with you. It's good to know. God says, I will be with you while you are in this, this life. But then a little bit later in verse 5, he says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Why don't you need to be afraid in this world? Because the God who created you and who formed you, the God who summoned you, the God who says you are mine, he's not some absent power who created you and then walked away to, to let you be. He says, I am with you every single moment of your life in this crazy, crazy world. It's good to know. In our gospel lesson, Jesus is about to leave this crazy world. 
He's about to leave the upper room after celebrating the Passover with his disciples and go to the Mount of Olives and soon he'll be crucified for the sins of the world. On the third day he will rise again and he's leaving. And his disciples are staying. And basically, Jesus is thanking his Father for the faith that the Holy Spirit worked in the disciples' hearts. As Jesus shared the Father's words with the disciples, they believed But now Jesus says, as I leave and they stay, protect them. Continue to be with them as you always have promised to be. And now here we are in Revelation. One of those disciples for whom Jesus prayed is really, really old. The Apostle John is probably in his 90s at this point. You're talking about four, maybe five decades before when Jesus prayed this prayer. John is still in the world. He's seeing this vision of of heaven. And what does he see? His eyes are first drawn to this multitude of, of humanity. Standing where? Did you catch it? Before the throne? And then to the angels of God who are where? Around the throne. That's an interesting detail. All of humanity that that John looks out and sees, they're standing in front of the throne of God. The angels are circled around the throne of God and they both have songs of praise to sing, don't they? Listen to those songs of praise again. The humans are crying out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And what are the angels singing? Amen. Amen. Truth, right? Amen means truth, truly. Truly, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Where's the focus of those songs? It's on God, right? All the humans who have been saved in their white robes with their palm branches, they are singing praises of God and the Lamb, the Son of God, Jesus. And the angels circling around the throne, they are praising God. And that's where our focus is, on the throne of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But then all of a sudden, something changes. There's an elder who comes and talks to John. He asks him a question, pointing to the humans in the robes. He says, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? And John says, sir, you know. Tell me, please. Tell me exactly who they are. You you definitely know who they are. And what does the elder say? These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is really fitting. If you were here last week, we looked at this twice. Both in our Thursday and Sunday worship, one time, and then also at our sister Kay Borzik's Christian Victory Celebration on Friday. We talked about these robes. The robe I'm wearing is a picture of these robes. The gown that so many infants wear at their baptism, a picture of these robes. Remember when we went through the, the, the parable that Jesus taught last weekend? This parable of a wedding banquet? We focused on the clothes. It was all about the clothes. There was someone who had gotten into the banquet who didn't have the clothes on. And what happened? He got, 
kicked outside into the darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. You have to have the clothes to get into heaven. You have to have the white robe that's been purified by the blood of Jesus, the the white robe that you received at your baptism. The righteousness of Jesus, a gown to wear to cover up all your sin so that God sees only your perfection. We talked about that on Sunday. We talked about that at Kay's celebration. That she is now wearing the robe she received at her baptism in this multitude of saints, praising God. Have you noticed what happened to the focus? In the songs, it's on God, but all of a sudden our focus is taken off of God and put on to these saints who are wearing these robes that God has given to them through faith in Jesus. And here we are, people on earth, looking at these saints, thinking about people like Kay who are now celebrating with God, hopefully looking forward to where we will one day be. Maybe you missed where they came from. That's a detail that we haven't even touched on yet and it's really important. This elder says, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. Now there's a word you don't use every day. (laughs) Tribulation. It means oppression or affliction. Are you seeing the connection between the readings? In Isaiah, God says, I am with you, I am with you. As you are in this world of crazy trouble, the fire won't burn you. I will be with you. I will protect you. And as Jesus is leaving to go back to heaven and his disciples have to stay behind, what's his prayer? Father, protect them. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world. You might be thinking, well, take us out. Take us there. That's where we want to be. Jesus says, I'm not praying that you take them out. Not yet. I'm praying that as they are here in this crazy world, that you would protect them. And where were these saints before they were before the throne of God? They were in the great tribulation, the great oppression, the great affliction. You forget that. And so do I. You forget where you are right now. You are in the great tribulation. You are in the great oppression. You are in the great affliction. And yet so often you and I, we we show that we don't know that. It could look a lot of different ways. Maybe it's the, the college student who's going through exams and is really frustrated with how busy things are. But what gets them through? light at the end of the tunnel. There's a degree waiting. There's this goal. And if they just grind through, they're going to get to the goal. And what's going to happen at the goal? The career that they've been working for. Maybe a family. There's this, this, this period of life out on the horizon that looks really good. And so they're going to slug through now to get to the goal. Then you get a little older. And you realize that that didn't really send you out into green pastures like you hoped it would. Now you got little kids and you're busy and you're stressed. And you're thinking, well, maybe 
maybe there'll be this point where the youngest one won't be so young and the messes will go away and, and stability will reign. Those will be the days. Retirement. It's right, right there. You can almost reach it. And when I get there, then, 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 things will stable, stabilize. I'll get to that point where I can finally find contentment. Maybe for you it's, it's way shorter term. It's not even these big milestones. It's just getting through today. If I can just get through today, tomorrow will be better. If I can just get through this week or this month, then I'll hit the point where I can finally relax and finally breathe. Tomorrow will be a better day. What's the problem? There's this attitude in our sinful hearts that thinks we can somehow reach a day of comfort, a day of less oppression, a day of less affliction. That somehow, if we just approach it right, if we get to that destination, things here are going to get better. The scriptures tell us the opposite. God's word says it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Not here. Not now. The book of Revelation scares people. They think it's a really challenging book, and it is to an extent, right? All these big pictures, these crazy visions, dragons and beasts. But do you know what the book of Revelation teaches? Three simple messages over and over and over again. First one, this world's going to get worse, not better. Second one, Jesus wins. Third one, look at heaven. That's what awaits you. This world's going to get worse, not better. Jesus wins and heaven awaits over and over and over again. That's the book of Revelation. And we see that in our text. This world is hard. Those who are in heaven right now, like Kay, like those Christian loved ones who told you about Jesus for the first time, who are no longer on this earth, they've come out of the great tribulation. They were in it once. Now they're with Jesus. And one day you will be too. One day you will come out of the great tribulation and you will be wearing the robe you received at your baptism. The robe washed by the blood of the Lamb of God, made pure and white. You'll be wearing that robe forever. You're wearing it now and you'll be wearing it in heaven. But you're not out yet. Neither am I. You're still here. And guess what? You're still here for a reason. Jesus could have taken his disciples with him when he ascended into heaven, couldn't he? He had already done all the work of of forgiving them their sins. They, they had their robe of righteousness. They were all ready to go. He could have taken them. But he didn't come to take just 12. And so he sent the 12 out into the world. Crazy as it would be, affliction and oppression all around. And he left them with his prayer of the Father's protection. And they had it every single day of their life until it was time for them to be called out of the great tribulation. And the same is true for you. You have the Father's protection. He is with you every single day of this life. 
But don't forget, you are here for a reason. You are not here to improve your life. You are not here to improve the life of your children or your grandchildren. You are here to grow in God's word for yourself and to share it with those in your life. Parents, your job is to share God's word with your kids. I don't care how old they are. Share God's word with your boys, with your girls, with your children, with your grandchildren. Those of you who have children who already know God's, God's word and who already know God's love for them, continue to encourage them and support them. If you have children who have fallen away or who don't know, continue to share God's word with your, with your children, your friends, your relatives, anyone you know who doesn't know Jesus. What can you do to share God's word with them? Who can you serve today? Who can you love? Who, who can you serve with time and, and gifts that you have to, to, to share? You are in this world of oppression for a reason and God is with you. But don't forget, you will be called out. Called out of this tribulation and brought to heaven. Take a listen to that picture one more time. They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Your loved ones who shared Jesus with you who have now gone on to heaven are enjoying that right now. And one day you will too. In the meantime, know God's promises to you. The Lord is with you. Jesus himself is praying for your continued protection. Look for ways to serve those around you. Amen.